Well, this week and last week as well, we're doing our Christmas series where we've been thinking about getting ready for Jesus. Not getting ready for Christmas, but getting ready for the Lord Jesus. And this week, as we've just read, we're looking at the birth announcement of Jesus to Mary. Before we jump into the passage, though, I want to ask this question. Why should Christmas be about Jesus? Why should Christmas be about Jesus? Now, there's plenty of people who, who think that Christmas is about family or about being together. You know, Christmas isn't about Jesus, it's about family, about the time where we can all come together, have, this, have the family around the meal table for the first time, perhaps all year, or, or first time in a long time. It's about family. But for many of us here, the family Christmas it just doesn't hold the hope and the promise and the expectations that we had thought it did. The family Christmas just hasn't delivered on its promises as we might have hoped and expected. You know, for many of us here, family can be a source of deep disappointments. For some, Christmas is just another reminder of a broken family. We have Christmas with mum and then Christmas with dad. Or for others, it's an incredibly lonely time. There, there is no family. Or it's a reminder of the family that are no longer with you, the empty chair at the table. Or, or even if there is a family lunch, there can still be a deep sense of loneliness, even at that time. And so if we make Christmas about family, then we'll be disappointed It might be good for a time, but it's just not going to last. Just like how if you make Christmas about the presents, then again, that's great for a time. You might get what you want, but ultimately the shine of the present will always fade and you'll always want something else, something new. See, the only thing about Christmas that's not going to disappoint or fade is Jesus. And if we make Christmas about anything other than him, then we'll always be looking for something else. It will not satisfy unless it's Jesus himself. And so for the rest of the time that we have together, I want to look at this passage and I want to try and convince us about why Christmas should be about Jesus. So let's look at this story. As we read, the same angel from the passage last week goes and visits Mary. And Mary is, what we're told about Mary is we're told that she's unmarried, that she's a virgin, but she's engaged to a man called Joseph. And Joseph is a descendant of the great King David. And, she, and we're also told that she's highly favoured by God because she's going to give birth to a son, a very special baby. But Mary is confused about how all of that is going to work. She, she doesn't doubt that God can do it, but she wants clarity about how it will actually happen since she doesn't have a husband yet. She rightly assumes, from what the angel's been saying, that this is going to happen immediately, but her wedding day is still in the future. And so she doesn't doubt that God can give her a child, but she wants to know the mechanics of how that's all going to work. 
And she's given an answer there in verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That is how, how Mary is going to have a child, is through the work of the Holy Spirit. God, by His Spirit, is going to cause Mary to become pregnant with a son. And so even from birth, we can tell that Jesus is a special person. You know, there's lots that makes Jesus special, right? There's His miracles. There's His care and compassion for those who are poor and marginalised, those on the outside. There's also his resurrection from the grave. That makes Jesus special. But his birth is special too. It happens in this miraculous way as God overcomes the impossible. But it's not just his birth that's special, it's also his identity. Look at verses 31 to 33. Let me read that for you. Verse 31 The angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It's not just his birth, but it's his identity. And there's five things in there about who this baby will be. Firstly, he'll be called Jesus. Now, when we, uh, when we meet Jesus, we're all going to have to apologise for incorrectly pronouncing his name for the last 2,000 years. Uh, it's probably more pronounced something like Yeshua. At this point, the name Jesus is more of a nickname, but I'm pretty sure he's happy with that. Uh, anyways, Yeshua means God saves. And that's exactly what Jesus will do. See, God is coming to save his people, and he will do that by taking the curse of sin on himself. See, Jesus really was born to die. By his death, he frees us from the consequences of our rebellion against God, and by his resurrection, he gives us new life so that we can live for him as the ruler and the king of this world. We live for him through his death and resurrection. So the first thing, his name will be Jesus, God saves. Secondly, he will be great. Now, the angel doesn't elaborate on what makes Jesus great, but as we read the rest of God's word, we discover that his greatness comes from his power to forgive sins, from his resurrection from the grave, and his kingly rule over all things for all time. He will be great. And thirdly, he's going to be called the Son of the Most High God. And this is both a reference to his kingly rule over God's kingdom and also to his divinity. See, Jesus is not just a human being. He is also God himself come in the flesh. Jesus is both human and divine. You know, there's that famous carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, And it has this line, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. And, you know, a lot of of words in there that are kind of confusing, but let me just unpack it. 
in Jesus, we see God now covered in the flesh with, with bones, blood, organs, and, and everything that comes with being a human. God veiled in flesh. And he's the incarnate deity. Now, incarnate is a technical word, and it means to become meat, right? Carnate, carnivore, it, it means meat. To, to be incarnate means to be encased in meat, in flesh. And, and deity is just another word for, for God, someone who is divine, Jesus is the incarnate deity, the God who became encased in flesh. And that's all super technical, but it's actually really important to what we believe. Because it is only as a human being that God is able to die in our place. And it is only because he is God that he is able to overcome the grave. See, God can't die, but a human can't defeat death. And so God in Christ dies in our place and defeats death. And so Jesus is the Son of the Most High God, the God-man who rules God's kingdom. It's number three. Number four, he will sit on David's throne. And number five, this kingdom will be an eternal kingdom. See, Jesus is God's king who will rule God's people just like the great King David back in the Old Testament. But Jesus will be greater than David ever was because Jesus won't just rule over Israel. It starts with Israel, but it doesn't end with Israel. Jesus' rule is a cosmic rule over everything. And so why should Christmas be about Jesus? Well, because Jesus is the great king of God's forever kingdom. And so that means that Jesus isn't just another thing that we do at Christmas. You know, we, we all have these special things that we do at Christmas, right? There, there's the special food, there's the special decorations, there's the special lights the special tree, the special ornaments. Jesus is not just another one of those special things. You've, you know, you've got the special lunch over here, you've got the special dinner here, you've got the special gingerbread house that, that you make with the kids over here and that little activity. You've got the, your, your special annual family newsletter You've got these special things that we do. You've got the special Christmas Day church service. But are those just things that we just need to do and get over and done with so we can move on to something else? See, we've got all these special traditions and things that we do. And is Jesus just another one of those things? Special food over here, special Jesus over here, special tree over here. Is that just how this works? See, Jesus shouldn't just have a special place in your heart. That might be good enough for your spouse. You know, your spouse has a special place in your heart. But Jesus is much more important than that. 
We all have these special people in our lives. But Jesus isn't just another one of them on the list. Jesus is much, much more important, much, much more valuable and special than just one of the things or just one of the people that we think are special. Jesus isn't just another special thing on the list of special things. Jesus is what makes everything else special because he is special. He is the king of God's forever kingdom. And so like Mary, we commit ourselves to being the Lord's slave. Now, you might have the word servant there, but, but it's actually a bit, bit more deeper than that. It's the word slave. There in verse 30, 38, Mary recognises that she is the Lord's slave. See, if Jesus really is the king of everything, then we belong to him. Not just a part of us, but all of us. We belong, body and soul, not to ourselves, but to our saviour and to our king. Jesus is not just one of the special things. He is the thing that makes it special. He is the most special thing about Christmas. Now, it might be scary to commit ourselves to Jesus and to his rule, but we've got to remember that Jesus is God's king, and he's a good king because he rules in God's way. See, Jesus is not a tyrant, he's not egotistical, he's not a slave driver. Jesus' rule is self-giving and generous, And we know that because he gave up his life for us and he rose again, welcoming us into his kingdom. Jesus' rule is good and loving and always kind and always generous. And we get to be a part of that. We get to belong to the kingdom, not through anything that we've done, but simply because of his kindness and his grace. You know... Uh, next week at Christmas time, we're going to sing Joy to the World. And the fourth chorus says this. It says, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. It's true, isn't it? Jesus rules the world. And he rules it in truth and grace. Not as a tyrant, not out to deceive people or to trick people into being, uh, being, his king, being their king. He rules it in truth and grace. And he shows us righteousness and the wonders of his love. Jesus rules God's kingdom in God's way. And that way is the way of truth and love and grace. His rule is good. And so, can I ask, are you committed to this king? Have you entrusted yourself to him? Do you serve him and serve him only? If you have not become a Christian, if you have not 
understood that Jesus is the king of your life and of this world, please can I encourage you this Christmas to really consider giving up your life to him. He is good and kind and gracious and will forgive you your sins. And he welcomes you with open arms into his family and into his kingdom. And you will truly understand what Christmas is about if you commit yourself to him. You'll realize the joy of salvation and the hope and the grace and the freedom that we have in Christ. Come to Jesus. Throw yourself upon his mercy. He is loving and kind and will forgive you. And his rule is great and good and amazing. Well, it's easy to feel jaded and grumpy about Christmas, isn't it? You know, going to the shops, it's a bit of a nightmare these days. Then there's the expense of it all and the effort that it all takes. And then there's the challenges and difficulties with family. And many of us, I'm sure, just want it to be over. We just want it to be just the other side, just get done, get it over and done with, let's move on. And I get that, but perhaps we've missed the point. Perhaps we've forgotten what Christmas is really about. Christmas is not about the perfect dinner or the perfect present or the perfect family. It's not what makes Christmas special. What makes Christmas special is Jesus, because Jesus is special. And if we could keep Jesus at the centre of Christmas... If we could celebrate him, the the king who's come to rule and to save, then that would transform how we would feel about Christmas. Christmas is exciting, not because of the stuff, but because of Jesus. Because God himself came and was born to a humble young woman in a backwater town of Israel. And this king came and lived and died and rose again. And he rules his people for all eternity. That is what makes Christmas exciting. And if that doesn't move us and impact us and change us and get us excited, then we've misunderstood what makes Christmas special. We focused on the wrong thing. And so here's an interactive question, okay? What do we need to do to make sure that we don't lose our focus? What do we need to do to make sure that this Christmas is about Jesus? So I want to hear from you. What things do you do or what things could you do that would help you to make Christmas about Jesus? Why don't you take like 30 seconds to talk to the person next to you, answer that question, what things do you do or could you do that would help you to make Christmas about Jesus? Tell that to the person next to you and then I'm going to ask for some answers. Okay. Who's got good suggestions? Or any suggestions? What could you do that would help make Christmas about Jesus? A birthday cake for Jesus. Great. Yeah, praying leading up to it. Yes. Trish? Read the Bible. 
Yeah, so you could do, you could read the birth narratives at the start of Matthew, start of Luke's gospel, uh, over the next week in the lead up to Christmas. Doug. Mm. And, and be offended by that. Yes. You know, like I saw a scientist saying the season is the reason. Yes. Good suggestion. So, yeah, so I'll just repeat that for everyone who's online. Uh, listen, be sensitive to how the culture is messing up our, our, our sense of Christianity and get angry at that. Yeah. Um, we actually sung that. The last line of Come Rescue Married Gentlemen talks about how the world has defaced Christianity. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting line. Um, but very true, isn't it? Uh, the other thing I've noticed is no nativity scenes in the shops these days, isn't that? Um, uh, Elizabeth Key. Okay, so yeah, head into the city if you want to. Oh, the other side. Yeah, the other one has Santa. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, what else? What else could we do? Yeah, wishing Jesus happy birthday and saying thank you. Yep. Shoot the reindeer. Let's not do that one. Um, <laughs> but I will have had God said, I will not share my glory with anyone. Mm. I won't say more than that, but parents think about what you are doing. Mm. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Yeah, I, and I am conscious of that as well as a parent, thinking what are we teaching our children? Um, yeah, unfortunately, kids learn very early on what a present is, don't they? Um, and trying to be like, well, hold on. Yeah. Um, yes. But yes, God will not share his glory with another. Yes. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, the other one is church on Christmas Day, right? Making that a priority, not because coming to church is the thing that makes it, but it's in coming to church that we're kind of forced or realign our centre to what Christmas is really about. That's the great thing about church on Christmas Day is it helps realign us and refocus us to, to what the real meaning of Christmas is. And so I think, particularly thinking of my family, trying to make church the priority on Christmas, not the getting up and opening presents. You know, so, so the the Christmas church is important because it reminds us of Jesus and his great kingdom and that he came to save. Well, let me end with this. As I said earlier, one of the songs that we're going to sing next week is Joy to the World. And of course, the opening line there is Joy to the World, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. See, that's what we need to be reminded of. Christmas is about God's king of God's forever kingdom. And that is what makes Christmas great and exciting and special. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great king. We thank you so much for Jesus, that he came, that he lived among us that he died and rose again, and that he continues to rule as the great king over your kingdom. Father, help us to, to keep him at the centre of all of this Christmas season. 
He really is the reason for the season and not anything else. Father, please help us to to make sure that Jesus is at the centre, that we keep him as the thing that makes Christmas special because he is special. No one else could do what he did. No one else could die our death. No one else could rise from the grave. And so we thank you that in him we are part of your kingdom, part of your family, that we can experience your love and your grace and your peace. Help us to be encouraged by the kingship and rule of the Lord Jesus. Help us to remember him this Christmas, we pray. Amen.